Hi, everyone. This is Steph and Leslie. Just going to announce a quick disclaimer about our current podcast you're about to listen to. So this was recorded before the cyberdemic, as we're calling it. (laughs) (laughs) So some of the information you might expect for the cyber attack to be addressed is specifically with maybe Don LeBaron's interview. But we didn't know it was going to happen when we interviewed this. (laughs) Not one bit. (laughs) Please listen. It's a really great interview with her. And then we talked to Aaron and Michelle and some of the information about MPG is already passed, but you can always reach out to us if you have any questions. Hey, Leslie. Hi, Steph. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. You have a nice new haircut. Yeah, I, I, I kind of look like a 70s rock star. <laughs> That's what I was going for anyway, a mullet, kind of. <laughs> it looks good. Thanks. Rod Stewart. Yeah, exactly. You better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it looks really good. I, I really like it. Thanks. <laughs> Did you get your flu shot this year, Leslie? I got my flu shot <laughs> in my right arm by Diana Palmer on Chef 4. She was excellent. How about you? I did, too. I didn't even feel it the next day I had no symptoms it was like I was like did you put saline or did you actually put the flu shot because I feel so good yeah I sometimes feel better after my flu shot because I in my mind imagine my immune system really pumping up so <laughs> yeah so everybody out there please go get their flu shot yeah. super important especially this year to, for all of us to stay well and today we have a super exciting we have two exciting interviews the first is with Don LeBaron yep she talks to us about her trajectory from how how she got started in healthcare and how she ended up lead of operations for this particular hospital. And I have to say, the one thing I'm amazed about is as a woman in her field at the time that she started, like she really, I mean, excuse my language, kicked some ass. Yeah, she did. It's a <laughs> fabulous interview and it just shows why she is where she is and, and sort of highlights why I felt anyway, and I know Steph, you feel the same way, that the leadership during COVID felt solid. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been um, and continues to feel solid. And I think we've all felt that her emails and all of that have been, uh, I I relied on them. I still rely on them every time we get them. So it's been great. Uh, and then we also have uh, Michelle Monahan and Aaron Early. Uh, they're gonna. Yep. They came and talked to us uh, about MPG. So please stay around and listen for that too. Exactly. Thanks. All right. Oh, there, oh, there you are. are. Yay. Beautiful. <laughs> so uh, hi, Don. I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. Nice, nice to, to meet you, you officially. Great. So I guess, Don, really, this is a podcast for um, for nursing. But why don't you talk a little bit about your role as vice president of hospital services and what you're accountable to? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm as the VP for hospital services, I basically am the administrative leader for the management of the environment of care, if you think about it. So if yeah. you work nursing, you kind of know what that is. Not everybody in the outside world knows well what's the environment of care but it's basically the box if you will or boxes by which we deliver patient care to our patients and our families and and with that all the support services that come to bear on that so our focus and our mission is supporting patient care mm-hmm. and of course that the nursing piece of that is probably you know we, we don't ever want to put anything completely at the top but 
We say that, recent, that certainly we know that patients are in the hospital because they need nursing care. Yeah. And obviously our responsibility is to make sure that we provide an environment that supports what the clinical staff are trying to do and the patient and family needs are. So that's my job and it ranges from facilities management, which takes care of existing buildings and deals with all of the, the pipes, as some people say, and to, to new facilities, which Leslie, I know you and many of the rest of you are very familiar with what that looks like and what that process is. And then of course, the security and the safety to kind of help wrap that together. Nutrition, for both on the inpatient feeding side and employee, the retail sites and our pride in healthy food. And then we have environmental services, which falls under facilities management, which is charged with making sure that the spaces are clean and bacteria free and support a good healing environment. And of course, then emergency management falls under my realm, which is kind of the latest and greatest if you look at COVID response and my right. role there. And a number of other things like the art program, which Leslie, you're is to your heart. <laughs> and I have, you know, some of these things that are kind of a little extraneous to my role are things that I love doing. I never profess to be an art expert, never have been. But what I do is bring people together. To me, that's the value. But so anyway, that's a maybe a little long-winded, but at the end of the day, I'm a leader here, and right. so I'm responsible for all the people who work for the UVM Medical Center and feel accountable to all 8,000 in what I do. Wow. So, yeah, a pretty small job, I see <laughs> here. <Yeah. laughs> um, and tell us a little bit about how you got to this position and kind of your background. Yeah, your trajectory getting here. Well, that that would take probably a lot longer than the time we have, and people would probably drift off to sleep. You'd <laughs> be surprised. Yeah, you would be surprised. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up in Vermont, so I'm a native Vermonter. It kind of, if you look at the, you know, kind of my propensity to leadership, it really comes from my family, where I'm the oldest of five girls. I have an older brother, but he was quite a bit older, so kind of away. So from a very early age, I was in charge of that whole little cluster, and just was always kind of a person that gravitated to bringing people together, getting stuff done, taking charge, do the tough things. Yep. Um, I was just sort of inclined to that. So, I But I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated from high school, but when I went to college, have a liberal arts degree, sociology and psychology. That's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> totally appropriate. I lean on that more than anything else, I can mm -hmm. tell you. But then I, you know, I went to work in healthcare early on. Actually, my first job was at Mary Hitchcock Memorial Hospital in, then it was in Hanover, New Hampshire. Right, yeah. And I was a pharmacy technician. <laughs> Entry-level job. You know, I w was going to go to graduate school to become a social worker, but I needed work. So my friend, it was on the job training. I went in. I was drawn to healthcare. I thought, wow, this is cool, you know, to be in a hospital and the pharmacy work was something I could get without any certifications. I could start and learn and, you know, and I got hooked. I got hooked on the organizational dynamics. I kind right. of looked at everything, just what was going on. So anyway, I progressed there quite a bit, but realized that I didn't want to be a pharmacist and didn't quite know where to go. I had some friends that lived outside of Boston. I said, I'm going to Boston. I've got to get down there. Maybe I can take some educational pursuits there. 
my friend owned a pizza shop. I thought, well, what the heck, you know, <laughs> go down there. But yeah. I went to work in a pharmacy at Newton Wellesley Hospital right oh, outside. Oh, wow, yeah. And I quickly progressed through leadership there. I was a supervisor, and then other people came to know me through HR just because of my my leadership, I guess. Yeah. You know, I was, a, I was very outgoing and would take on whatever anybody said. They said, we need this done. I go, okay, I'll yeah, do that. You definitely come from a place of yes. Yeah, I, feel yeah, that about I, you. Yeah. I have to say no a lot, but, <laughs> but you, you generally come from a place of yes, and I learned that from you. Yeah. <laughs> so I would done. step up, and it became you know I got into support services that way, and had some, you know I was a manager, I oversaw tra the transport department, patient support, the mail room, and the information desk. I had like the ladies at they were all ladies. <laughs> that's that's probably great. Yeah. <laughs> So I did all that, and you know, then I progressed. I reported to the director of security, safety, and transportation at the time, and when she left, I became the director of security. That was my background. Then there was a facilities opportunity, and the VP said, "You know what? I would like you to take over facilities in addition to what you have." And I went, "Well, I, I don't know anything about facilities." And he said, "Don't worry, you know people." And what I need is somebody to run all the men, quote unquote, yeah. which is what, and I will teach you everything I know. I'm going to retire in three years, but I'd love to teach you what I know and, and get you up to speed. And I thought, wow. So I did go to school. I did a graduate, postgraduate program. It was like a mini master's in building design management. I took plumbing and HVAC and fire protection. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, facilities management one and two and, you know, I did that and, and that was through Northeastern. But I also did some healthcare. I did a little graduate work there and did some healthcare administrative certificate programs and advanced through there. But I was always having an eye to Vermont. There was like a hole in my soul. I mean, Massachusetts was good to me, but I always felt like, my God, couldn't, you know, be so great if I could go back home. But I knew that I did not want to go back home to a smaller job. And there was basically one big job in the state, which was here as the facilities director. Mm -hmm. And during the beginning of the Renaissance Project, Dave Kilty moved over to run that project and vacated his director role. Ta-da! And so oh, wow. <laughs> I ended up as the director of facilities management here and was in that job as we did the Renaissance Project. So I was on the owner side, facilities management side. Dave, bless him, was on the other side managing that project from our perspective and we all know the story there but I learned a lot so in 2004 when the big leadership restructuring was done I ended up in this VP role because of probably my propensity to say yes um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's super fascinating too like you probably weren't there were probably weren't a lot of women in your role at all did you come up to any like barriers with that well, you know, interesting, it's a, it's a very good point, and it's true, there weren't any. Um, I was the first woman, I was the president of the New England Health Care Engineer Society, the first woman to ever hold that role. And very, it was very unusual yeah, to have yeah. a female in the role that I'm in. 
although my security director that I reported to was a woman, and she really helped me. She was my greatest mentor and right. develop and have confidence. I mean, but for me, the the barriers were fairly few, to be honest. There, there was an experience in Boston that was quite stunning where I was denied membership of a group because I was a female, which was pretty stunning. But there's this, a good end to that story because I, another group kind of recruited me and put me in charge of it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you could be like, la, la, la. I think, but my approach has always been to, you know, I'm 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 a direct communicator. I can call people on stuff when they don't, you know, when they're not treating me well. But I don't always take that as the first approach. The goal was, I let these people get to know me, and mm -hmm. very few men that I've ever interacted with, when they have a chance to know me, would have an issue with that. It's like, right. okay, you know, I'm personable. I enjoy talking to people. Right. I um, deliver when they're asking me. I care about the people and I find out what they need and help them get it. And yeah, yeah. don't try to, you know, I don't pretend to know things I don't. And that's why I can do the job I have is I rely on my team, the leaders that report to me, but also the staff all the way down. You know, this is, I just have the privilege of sitting at the top of it. It's them that really determine how successful you are. I am. And I think, you know, that's just sort of a philosophy I've had and it's worked. I mean, I've not ever really had in my face many certain situations. There have been one or two, you know, staff people where we have been, we had employee relations issues and that kind of came up. But, you know, I just work right through it. And I, I think, too, for all of us, especially in healthcare, with how rapidly things change, like staying teachable regardless yeah. of where you are and that's sort of what you're talking to and in in what you're saying is like you stayed teachable regardless and that makes all of us more approachable so it sounds like you've been here let me see my math about 20 years is that about right okay. yeah and have have you ever thought of going somewhere else or have has uvm's mc is where i want to be for the rest of my career well you know quite frankly i think in the beginning when i was here and the renaissance project challenges were really boiling up there was some scary stuff going on there quite honestly i was like oh my goodness what have i gotten myself into yeah and i took probably a week or two to some you know a headhunter contacted me and i said well yeah okay let's talk but you know at the end that didn't take very long for me to go wait a minute okay you know i'm not the type to run from a difficult challenge and i would be losing more than i'd be gaining and my dream had to be here so had been to be here so you know, I'm not going to let a little scandal wreck my path. Right. And so after having really just grasped that and understanding that, yes, the, at the time the organization was in leadership turmoil, but I thought to myself, well, it's up to us. Those of us who are here, directors, managers, staff, it's up to us to lead the organization. I mean, and the rest will get sorted out. And it was painful and difficult, but I felt pleased to be part of it and obviously it was a good thing that I didn't leave because I've ended up where I'm at and right. you know after that I, I have been contacted by recruiters who are looking for right. somebody and never you know not even sometimes even in curiosity have I ever thought that I wanted to be any place else than here so moving forward what do you see some of the bigger biggest challenges from your 
eyeball point of view at UVM? Like, so the baton that you're passing along, what do you think is going to be the most, some of the more challenging things that somebody's going to have to, you know, rise to? Yeah, I think the current situation we all know is fairly obvious and in front of us. You know, it's the COVID stuff. Wherever we're going from here, a surge or, you know, a pickup of activity. And then the financial impact that all of that has had, that's a strain on a facilities leader. Because, as you know, we all know, facilities improvements cost money. And that's going to be a challenging thing for the future leader to grapple with. The good news about all that is that I am completely confident in this organization's ability to rebound from that. And we all know that. Those of us who have worked here for a while have seen us go, whoop that that can happen. We just have to be patient and right. focus on the things we can control and work on the improvements that we can. I think the good news here is that our facilities are in pretty good shape. But we have old stuff and our facilities team will remind me of that quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> they should. And I think we also have a lot of great things to work with and obviously the Miller building is one example. So, you know, the COVID response is one. I mean, I have to say this, that the hospital, I feel like I never felt nervous coming into work. I, my friends great, would Leslie. say, aren't you afraid to go to work? And I'd say, that is the place I feel the most safe, honestly, yeah. because yeah. of how well we handled, in my opinion, the, the response to our pandemic with every out, like from environmental services to all the way up and around that. And we were yeah. one of the, so we work on Chef Four Infusion, and we were one of the one of the few outpatient places that just our patients had to come for their infusions, or they would get more sick. And so, and I would tell them they'd be like, "I'm so nervous." I was like, "I am not. Like, we are doing everything. We're doing everything that we can to it, keep you safe." And people really felt that. And yeah, it was yeah, it, made it, was, it, it was really. In- the response from this hospital, I felt, was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's good for, to hear from you. I really yeah. appreciate that. And, you know, it felt like that to me, too. I mean, difficult. And we were changing things as we were running. The good news is we have a playbook now, so we know right. there's well, so right. much that got done. But it's just it's a, the finest example of what this organization is about. And Correct. everybody just coming together, doing the best they can to, to respond and keep our staff safe and our patients and families right. safe. Are you involved in hiring your predecessor? Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm really happy for you, but I have to say I'm sad for us because I I really look to you as a mentor, and I'm I'm just gonna miss having you you around in your wisdom. But I was I was hoping you were part of the. (laughs) Well, actually, I'm leading I'm leading that for Steve Leffler. I I oh good. I offered to him. I said, Dr. Leffler or Steve. Yeah. Would you like me to kind of take this one? And I said, I can. This is something that would give me pleasure to do. And let me do this. I'll work with the recruiters. And, you know, he said, oh, I'd love that. (laughs) Um, Yes, we are through. We are into the process. We have some candidates that he's kind of vetting right now. Change is good. Let's. Yeah. I mean, I, I realize that what everybody says is I'm going to be as sad to leave as you are to see me go yeah. in many, yeah. many ways. But I think there are some important, some very important things that people have expressed that they value about the leadership that I've been able to fulfill here. And we're going to try to carry those on. So good. the basic tenet and this is these are values that Dr. Leffler shares. Um, Steve and I are in great alignment on mm-hmm. focus on people 
you know, relatability, you know, speaking truth, being transparent, you know, and, and making sure that we do the very best for, for everybody that we serve. And, you know, we have, we share that. So we're looking for somebody who can carry that forward. And I'm confident that, that we'll get that. Do you have any hopes for UVMC moving forward? Well, you know, I hope we get through, and, I, you know, I guess the hope on the COVID piece isn't really, a, I mean, I know that that's going to happen, so it's yeah. not like this wish, oh, God, I hope you guys get through it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, we're not starting at ground zero, so right. even if we have a spike, it's not like, oh, w- yeah. wait, what do we do here? We have a yeah. foundation that you helped us build. Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think the other, one of the big other, there's, you know, another big challenge, and I think that is workforce and that's across the whole organization. It's the pipeline for incoming people and just keeping our staffing up. You know, we it's a challenge. But I think one thing we do know is that more people are coming to Vermont than used to. Right. Maybe not for the reasons we hoped, but they're, yeah. they're here. <laughs> so that's a promising outlook. And, you know, that's another major challenge. But I really hope the organization can can benefit from the rest of the world really understanding how wonderful Vermont is. Right and what a great place it is to live. And it has this little gem in the middle, which is an unusual thing, an academic medical center with this reputation. The idea that you, when you're inside the walls, it's crazy and it's wild and you just step outside and immediately you go, oh, you know, you decompress, you can enjoy what Vermont brings. So the hope is that we are able to get back on track, both from a patient care perspective and from a financial perspective to do the things that we know we need to do going forward and that we can benefit the entire network in the leadership that we provide. So what what's your first goal for retirement? Do you have right. like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Nothing. No. <laughs> I applaud that. <laughs> well, I think the goal, you know, I think the idea is for, I mean, one of the things I do know about myself is that I enjoy people and connections. And that's going to be my biggest shock about not being here. And I, I have been working on making sure that I take the best of here with me. So relationships, people that I know, I'd like to continue those. I think the one thing that I know is that I, as you pointed out, I happen to be a yes person. Yep. And I cannot do that immediately because I might end up saying yes to things that maybe that's not such a smart idea. Yeah. So I'm going to try to resist I do, I do, I'm on the board of uh, SSTA, Special Services oh, yeah, Transportation. Okay, I'm going to be the board president in the in April, and I will continue that. But I think the real focus for me is creating space to let everything in, you know, and say, hey, you know, what what do I really want to do? What? How do I want to spend my time? And That's exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm a skier, so if... If we're able to get back to the mountains, which it looks like maybe, I'll be doing a little bit of that. Um, when travel is permitted, I'll be doing that. Yeah, yeah, oh, that sounds great. I know, maybe I'll retire. <laughs> <laughs> no, call no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll ski with you. Well, I have sure. to, yeah. Well, I have to say, you know, during the peak of all this COVID stuff, those emails that were sent out were such a blessing. Like I remember, very comforting. Yeah, I remember every day I'd be like, okay, what, what, you know, let's hear what, what it is today. And you know, I think a lot of people really kind of 
maybe not got to know you personally, but really kind of yeah. got to know and that, relied on relied that. on yeah. that. And I think yeah. it just needs to be, I feel like noted that that was such a very helpful, so helpful and appreciated. Yep. Well, thank you. I've heard that feedback universally, and yep. I think you understand that it takes a team to put that together. Yep. I would yes. never <laughs> keep yes. reminding you. Wait a minute. Don't people don't hope they don't think I wrote that whole thing myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you know that the message is me, and you know yes. that. And yep. Correct. Exactly. I think the, the information is in there because that's kind of the philosophy. And I, you know, and I have put personal things in there, as you know, from time to time, because that's that matters. And, you know, I think it's, you know, we'll have to figure out what we do with it going forward. We right. will be we will continue to do yeah. it. It's it, just, it I know, think, too, the thing that really struck me was that it wasn't just a once a week communication, that you kept us abreast of everything three times a week. And that felt relevant yeah. and necessary. And five times and, in the beginning. Yeah, and five times and transparent. And that yeah. that is just I think yeah, I think yeah. that's what people appreciate the most is sort of that transparency yeah. of everything going on. Yeah. And um, you know, especially when we're bombarded with new things all the time and trying to figure it out and you know, what do we trust, not trust during this like moment of where we're all learning. And so yeah. that really was important. It was be it was a it was beacon for it was like a light a light for us to follow and be like, yeah. Okay, here's what they're Here's what the hospital and here's what Don's saying right now. Yeah. Okay, this is what we can believe. Oh, it's updated. It's when, you know. <laughs> this but is it, why it changed yeah, and yeah. why we're doing it this way. And I think that made a huge difference in so. terms of people being able to trust what was going on right. and yeah. things yeah. like that. So. And, yeah, and maybe think, moving forward, something like that continuing is... Oh, oh it, it yeah. will. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an organizational uh, objective from for that communication. And yeah. I think... I like to be honest and say we didn't get it all right every single time either, and we have to admit that when that, when we have our failures, we have to just say, look, you know, we're sorry about that, and just try to figure out how to make it, tee it up so it doesn't occur again if we yeah. can or improve yeah. it. Well, like I said, that that builds that trust then, because when yeah. you when the organization can kind of admit that, then we're like, oh, okay, now we understand yeah. why that those yeah. things happen, and I think that's so important for everybody to get behind. So. Yeah, the key is that, you know, I get responses from that email, as you can imagine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all over the map. Sometimes yeah, they don't have to do with, you know, but I do reply to every single one. And if I don't reply myself, I definitely ship it to the person who who should be the content expert. I don't, you know, I really do put that in the the hands of the person that can best address it most of the time. But I also want people to know that, you know, that when they do that, it doesn't just go into this black hole. Now, not everybody loves my response. Let me be clear. <laughs> but, you know, usually people are just appreciative that they got a message back and that yeah. it was acknowledged. And they I know feel seen and heard. Yeah. yeah. Regardless. And, yeah. and genuinely. I mean, yeah. again, we can't say yes to everything that people want us to do. As long as we can give them a reason for saying no, I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your last? When's your last day? Don't know exactly yet. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. oh good. Okay. <laughs> It'll be the end of the year, I'm okay. imagining. So the the goal is to get this new VP on board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or have that very close, and that's really the goal. I don't want to leave a gap there. Yeah. And so. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we said it was December, but I told Steve Leffler I didn't want it to be. I said it can't go into 2021. <laughs> you know, if it's 
a little bit, you know, we'll work with that. I want to be flexible, but there's always a reason to stay. And I think um, it, for my own well-being, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And it's, I have to be honest and say it's stress. There's cumulative stress that comes with what I do. Yes. Even though I get joy from it and I loved it, there's just this undeniable piece that when you, you're at the tip of the spear for as many years as I have been, it does take a toll. And yeah. so I need to acknowledge that and say, you know, I'm not really as sharp as I used to be. And the resilience, maybe not at the top. And it's time for me to also, you know, have an opportunity to see what else I'm capable of. Yeah. And I think yeah. um, I owe that to myself. And I want to set a good example for others who were looking at me going, good, there's a a leader that didn't retire on the job, you know, right, if you will. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, really and leaving leaving a job that you still love, I think I have a lot of respect for that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Know, where you're not sort of like, wow, I'm done with this. You know, it's yeah. like you. Well, there are portions that I am. Let me just. Be <laughs> where you're like, so yeah. okay. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. But you know, again, the the work in itself, the mission of the organization, the people who work here, the nursing care that gets provided. I mean, my mother was here for a month and two days, and the nursing care here, which I was confident about when she came, I knew what she'd be getting, and uh, I was not disappointed. She was not either. And I continue to let her know that I can't walk through the hallways too often without somebody saying, how's your mother? Well, thank you so yeah, much for your you time, so Don. Yeah, we really You're welcome. It. So our next guests are Aaron Early and Michelle Monahan from the MPG Leadership. Absolutely. And just so you all know, there's still time to apply for MPG. If you haven't and you're interested, absolutely do so. It's such a great opportunity to affect nursing and nursing change here at the hospital. Yeah, I have been on it for the last couple of years. It has been really great, uh, have had some great projects, and it's really important for all of us as nurses to be involved and to see different ways that we can make change. And um, I hope you guys all can apply. And if you have any questions or want help with your application, I am always available. My email is stephanie.retew, R-E-T-T-E-W. Please reach out to me and I will respond and can help you. That's awesome. And without further ado, we have Michelle and Aaron. Yeah. So how are you guys? There we go. We're, we're doing well. There okay. we go. All right. All right. Michelle, you are on, you're kind of towards the end. This has been a funny year for you. It has been a funny year. It's been interesting. It's been not what I expected at all, but <laughs> it's been a, a wild ride. It's, it's funny. I was so nervous about this role and had all these things I was excited for, but anxious about, and all of that kind of went out the window, and there was new anxieties. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. But it's been interesting. I've learned other things that I didn't think I was going to learn. I never knew I'd be experienced, uh, not that I'm experienced, but get to use remote technology for meetings and, you know, setting right. all that up and explaining it to people. I'm like a new IT person over here. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Playing the part. But, <laughs> but it's been interesting. It's been a lot of planning and 
we're excited for the councils. They just started back up. Just kind of getting our feet back in the whole, you know, world of NPG and restarting. And great. It's been interesting. It's been fun to have Aaron be my sidekick. So, so we'll introduce him because he's going to be taking over for me in a few weeks when I have my little boy. So for him to take the reins. And so, Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. So, uh, hi there. Um, it's Aaron Early. And I'm going to be taking over as uh, coordinating council chair from Michelle. And my background with NPG is I used to be the council chair of quality and safety back when we first started NPG. You know, worked with them, and then now I'm uh, coming up on doing the coordinating council. I worked on Baird Six, and then came to the SICU, and then I'm I'm there now, and uh, sticking around hopefully for a while. I like it, and then doing this. So, Aaron, do you, is there anything about this upcoming year that you have any goals that you're hopes. wanting to, your hope streams? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I hope to start seeing people in in-person meetings again whenever that happens. <laughs> it's definitely been nice to, like, have a meeting from home kind of thing, but it's also, I think it's definitely uh, nice to be there in person and talking with folks. And there's other goals. I think just trying to help integrate the unit-based councils with all the service line and global things. We can be more effective in creating some good change at the hospital. I think Michelle did a good job of like keeping things organized with all this COVID stuff, but it's right. definitely it's a it's a mental change when you haven't done anything for like six months with the folks to have to get them all reoriented. So yeah, it's a lot of different stuff going on. Yeah, that pause was a little bit challenging. It's been a good stretch of time that we're trying to make up for and catch back up, like Aaron said. Do you feel, Michelle, that a lot of what you were doing was sort of keeping the fires kindled so that NPG was staying relevant in some ways while it wasn't actually happening? <laughs> I tried. You know, obviously there's a lot going on, you know, being mindful that the focus was on other topics and other things so trying to kind of balance that that was something that was hard and trying to just be mindful of everything going on and you know keep up with my role and be there to support people but also not step on people's toes and yeah <laughs> Aaron again like what what are you hoping to see happen right kind of right off the bat are you hoping that everybody just sort of regroups and kind of gets refamiliarized with how NPG works and then set some new goals or what's the thought for you? Uh, I think it's a little bit of like the old and the new councils. We're all working on a lot of really great projects before COVID. And right. so we've been right. trying to encourage them to, to keep working on projects that they have been working on, you know, keep on track as to what else is out there. Trying to encourage them to like, you know, look for some other projects that we can work on. You know, trying to be like our more like organizational wide ones um, yeah. for the global councils. And then just for looking to the future, hopefully we can try to maybe be more effective with, I know it's been hard for councils to meet. You only meet for four hours a month and that's it. And then if you want to do other projects, it's like you have to kind of meet up. And so it was always an issue for people to work on bigger projects was like, how do we meet or who do we meet with and that kind of stuff. And now that we've been working with the remote systems is that maybe people can actually feel 
there's more flexibility more comfortable saying yeah. like you know what we're going to meet for two hours but we're going to spend we're going to go home and then we're going to meet up remotely and work on it at our leisure yeah so that people are more comfortable like you know you know getting some work done but also not feeling like they have to come into the hospital because you know parking's always an issue so <laughs> um, true, that kind so of thing true. so and i remember so one we, of the goal was to try to have nurses be able to work from home for these projects and yeah. COVID kind of forced that to the forefront. And so I think it's kind of nice that, you know, we have that flexibility now to be able to do that for, you know, these projects and stuff. This is yeah, my own ignorance. To... And so I just have changed. I was Miller five and I'm now ambulatory infusion clinic with staff. So I'm, I was inpatient and now I'm an outpatient nurse. Do we have unit based councils outpatient? So we're, um, we're hoping to, it's obviously going to look a little bit different because uh, the, the outpatient clinics and sites are smaller, so there might be combined areas. So we're still trying to figure out inpatient, <laughs> and, uh, but outpatient is going to be coming. That's really exciting to me. Right. I know, I know from our Chef for Infusion and then the Hemont Clinic, we actually have quite a few nurses for both of those. And so I do think that in terms of um, the unit based councils, that'll Com be a nice model. combination. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if I think we have enough for each of one of us, but then, you know, there's some of the clinics that are real small and may have one or right. two nurses that maybe we can, you know, include in like, you know, like chef four, we kind of have a, we have a lot of different we look modalities at, look, of right. medicine. So, yeah. you know, yeah. there's rheumatology, neurology, GI, GI and stuff. So yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. So, and that leads to the plug-in that we want to talk about where what's going on in NPG now that we are restarting. And it's kind of an interesting time of year that um, this is when we're going to start our call for new members in October. Um, we're reviewing our bylaws for next year. And we're going to be presenting some pretty big changes that we're proposing for the structure of our councils. Uh, so we want to kind of bring that to nursing staff. We want to present a new task force model. We're always trying to revise that. Oh, good, uh, yeah. So some new things coming down that we're excited for. We want to get people talking about it and just kind of reminding people about NPG. <laughs> so in terms of um, new members, are there a lot of open positions coming up? I know uh, one of the things with COVID is that we people get an extra year on NPG, is yeah. that correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, so we asked people if they would be willing to extend an, another year because, you know, we basically lost this year. So a majority of members are staying on for another year. So that makes it the, the turnover a little less, but there's still there's plenty of opportunities to join. Great. So I'm excited to get some new faces and some new people on our councils. It'll be interesting to see the different types of projects, you know, with COVID and, uh, you know, how just things in the hospital have changed. It's just going to be interesting to see how right. things evolve in the next year with projects and, you know, task forces yeah. and things like that. I don't know if you guys have seen anything new coming down the pike yet or. So. I need to get myself on a committee. <laughs> yeah. Council for Shep Four. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, there we go. There we go. We'll be yeah. starting that up. And you know, Michelle, we wanted to let you know that Leslie and Stephanie is is a boy's name too. Like, if, you, if you're really struggling with a name for your baby, we'd be I'll keep okay. That in mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. funny. Yeah, I think the last time that I did a podcast with you guys, I I didn't know I was pregnant yet, but I, 
I was. You, you were feeling good. Well. I'm, I'm like, I'm so tired. And now here I am, about to have the baby. So. It's so true. I guess I there was one in that. between that where we did the the interview from home. Right. Yep. But that's yeah. right. You were. You were like, I, my son was sick, and you know, and, yeah. and this was when COVID was just starting. Right. We were like, I don't think it's that, but you're like, but I'm really yeah. tired. <laughs> Well, Michelle, we really thank you for all of your hard work this year and what a crazy, strange yep. world this was. But um, we really appreciate that. And Aaron, we are looking so forward to your the leadership. next year. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, we'll look forward to some more of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anytime. Hit us up. All right. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for having us on. It's always fun. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I can still come do some guest appearances sometimes. Oh, absolutely. If you want. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.